June, July, August, September. Steadily going up till we reach our peak in January 2019, as clearly demonstrated by Jay's hand. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? What's up, guys, and welcome to this week's McKinnis Marketing Minute with I, Ben Robinson. I'm Jay McKinnis. We are not from the rooftop today. We're in the office today. It's too bright outside. It was too squinty for us. So now we're in this air-conditioned nest downstairs. So welcome. Welcome indeed, guys. Today we are talking about uh, an interesting topic, which is on the minds of a lot of you involved in real estate out there. Uh, something which has divided the real estate community, I want to say. And that's our whether prices are going to continue to reduce, whether they're going to increase. Where's it going? Which way is it going? What's yeah, the direction? Left, right, forward, back, up, down. What's happening? So essentially, our price is going to continue to reduce is where we'll go from this. So we're touching on both attached homes, so that's condos, townhouses, and also detached homes as well. Um, Traditional and house, for those who don't know. And that's it, that's it. And so we, so there's one, there are a couple of other things, but there's one main factor which contributes to pricing reductions, and that is time on market. So there are some side attributes that, that play a part in this that we'll brush on later. But predominantly, if your property is listed, all things equal, and it's not selling, you're going to reduce that price in order to entice somebody to come in and actually buy the property, or you're just gonna pull it. So assuming that you reduce the price, what will typically happen is when this happens across the entire board, you'll see a time on market average increase. So it will go from a lower figure all the way up, and then it will reach a high point, and then usually about a month after that high point, because there's a bit of a lag time, you'll start to see the time on market reduce. And that's interestingly enough where you start- At the creation of a peak. Uh, yeah, so after the, after the about a month after the peak, that's when you start to see time on market reduce because obviously the reduced prices will come into effect, which is kind of motivated people to get out there and buy. So we're actually gonna be reviewing May 2018 to May 2019, so we're giving you the last 12 months. Just bear in mind when we talk about this, the correction to the market had actually already taken place at this point. It was already a few months into the swing of things, so we're just going from a year from a year uh, just to see the difference in so. So let's start with attached condos and townhouses. So okay. the average time on market for these two types of homes in May 2018 was 20 days. And then for the detached segment, that average time on market was 38 days. 38 days on market was the average, days. yes. Yeah. So remembering, March 2018, the adjustment began, and we're now talking about May, so only a couple months in. Yeah, so 20 homes for attached, sorry, 20 days for attached, 34 days for detached. That started to increase June, July, August, September, steadily going up till we reach our peak in January 2019, as clearly demonstrated by Jay's hand, in case you could not follow. And what were the numbers in January? <laughs> January 2019, we actually went up to our peak point. So attached homes had an average time on market of 50 days, and detached homes have an average time on market for 64 days. So keep in mind, you have your price point, which is here, the benchmark price, and then your time on market is here. Obviously the pricing remains the same, but it's not selling, it's not selling, it's not selling. So the pricing's the same, but the average time on market starts to increase. 
So then you cut the price and then it slowly starts to decrease. So what we should see is over the year from May 2018 to now, we should see a decrease in price because it happens on a staggered amount. So benchmark pricing is here. Average time on market gets to a peak point here. The benchmark pricing reduces. And then slightly after that, about a month, we should see the average time on market reduce. Good insurance. Yeah, so I'm gesturizing as somebody so kindly Was that able word? to point out. I really hope so, if not, I I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, so that should be the trend that we see. So we've gone from 20 days to 50 days for attached homes, 34 days to, sorry, 35 days, 38 days to 64 days for detached homes. Which hit the peak in January 2019. So nine months after the adjustment began. Yeah. So from that point, from January 2019, we've actually seen a steady decrease, which I'm sure Jay can demonstrate with his hand. So we started at the peak and then we started to soften off. Yeah. So we've actually seen a reduction in days on market for both the attached and detached homes. And what does that mean? That basically means prices were adjusted and property started selling again or, be, or just being taken straight off the market. Either way, either two options happened quicker. So we actually are now down to, in May 2019, the average time on market for an attached home is 35 days. So we're actually bang in the middle of that. In the middle of May 2018 and the January peak, we've come back down halfway. Exactly. And then on detached homes, we're still continuously decreasing and we're down to 45 days as an average time on market. So that detached number has steadily been decreasing, but the condo market, the attached market has been floating. Yeah, it's been... So it's been in the 30s for a few months now. Yeah, so the detached market has had a constant decrease um, since January 2019. And then we've been hovering around the mid 30s as an average time on market for the attached market, which basically what that says is that we're now at the point where we're at steady. So sellers are being more realistic. Buyers are still absorbing properties when they see that it's at market value. Yeah. And don't forget, these figures are average time on market. So this doesn't include like all of the people who are out there trying to get $800,000 for their 600,000 condo. Like this is just sales or people with just completely withdrawing their property off the market. So you don't need to worry about those kind of guys. What's interesting though is there are other other contributing factors, I think, in my opinion, which led to the increase in time on market. So there was obviously the new implementations of foreign buyers tax increasing, um, speculation and vacancy tax was in there as well. And uh, not to mention it became more difficult to lend with stress tests as well. But now those things become a bit more <coughs> of the norm uh, and people are expecting them so they can plan for them as well. And a lot of that too, when those things were all implemented as typically happens, people put the brakes on and say, let's just wait mm-hmm. and see what happens with these changes. So I think a lot of the stuff that we're seeing people hanging on for, mm-hmm. it's a matter of they intended to get in and now some changes have taken place and they're watching, sitting back, saying, okay, I'm just going to watch for a little bit, 30, 60, 90 days and see if things adjust. Is my confidence still where it was in the market or is that going to change? Yeah. And so then on the attached side of things, you also have additional pressure from detached homes because obviously if you can purchase a home like a a detached home, a house for in a similar price range as you can for the condo, 
the likelihood is, is you're always going to pick the detached house option for a variety of reasons. Yeah, so we've seen that come down, and yep. as that blends in with the average condo price, not the average, obviously, unit, but as that starts to blend and people have that option, definitely that changes the, the condo market side of things when you can actually get over to the detached, which is obviously the goal of a lot of people. Yeah, so interestingly enough, the attached market has stayed relatively buoyant in that mid-30s average time on market, which would indicate, based on every other trend that we've seen for pricing reductions, that it's actually going to remain about the same. So there'll be like a slight tweak here and there, but there's going to be nothing to shout home about. Uh, the detached homes are still decreasing, um, so they've not been hovering around the same sort of number. They're actually on the down uh, from January, and they still keep going down to this point. So it looks like things are going to be a little bit more buoyant in the market, if you will. So really what we should see, comparing May 2018 now to May 2019, is we actually should see a reduction in benchmark pricing, because don't forget the pricing stays here as the total market increases, and then in order to get product to move again, the benchmark pricing should decrease. So on average, our benchmark pricing for May 2018 for attached homes was 780,600, and for May 2019 was? 721, okay. 721,800. So that's a, a decrease of 7.53%. So don't forget as well, this is May 2019, 2018 to May 2019. So the correction has actually already started to take effect. This is just the last year. So then on detached homes, when we look at the same as well, the average uh, benchmark price in May 2018 was? 1.608, I believe. Yeah, and that is yeah. now? 1.421 million. Okay, so that's a decrease of 11.57%. So you can see that the, the property values have decreased, which is essentially already decreased, sorry, which made obviously the decrease in time on market, which is why things are essentially moving now. So kind of like we, uh, we always say, everyone has their own inklings as to what's gonna happen with the market and why we're not out here pretending to be economists. We just speak on our subject of expertise, which is the real estate. Um, you may have be looking at inverted yield curves and whatnot in order to make your judgment. And if you want to, that's fine. Uh, if you're looking to still hold out and now it's not the right time for you and you wanna wait for pricing to decrease, that's one of the things to look for. Look for average time on market. If you start seeing it increase and increase, then the likelihood is that at some point it's actually gonna come down. And obviously you can keep an eye on that and make the decision that's right for you. But that is us for this week. Thank you guys. Please do reach out with any questions and queries. We love you and we're happy to answer any questions. Please do send us a message, like us on Instagram, Facebook, and all the social media accounts. Yeah, we'd love to carry on the conversation on topics you're interested in as we have been. So thank See you. See you later. Bye guys. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I kick it? I am Jay McInnes. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. What's up guys and welcome to this week's McKinnis Marketing Minute. Today we are continuing our conversation on a few controversial points and that is going to be what is going to happen to the Vancouver real estate market. Is that right, Jay? What's going to happen? Is it going to stay flat, go up, go down, stay flat? What's going to happen?
So we're going to go into why this has taken place, where we are today, and what direction from here is going to go. So to understand or to know where you want to go, you need to understand where you have been. Oh. There's some fortune for you. Yeah, some so, oh yeah, fortune cookie 101. Um, so in order to get to where we are today, there's been a few changes that which were implemented that were both political, federally wise, uh, economic wise, which has all contributed to where we basically are in the market today from obviously the peaks of 2016 and 2017 to seeing the market come down in the latter part of 2017, 18, and then into 2019 where we are today. So again, we're not saying any allegiances or anything. We are just saying the facts. We are just saying uh, implementations that came in that made a difference, not that whether we support them or whether we don't support them. Um, but first of all, NDP, uh, when they came into power, they made a few changes. So Jay, those changes being? Okay, so the biggest things that we all know have taken place are the foreign virus tax, level one and level two. It's currently now been adjusted, brought in and then adjusted and we're now at 20%, as most people know. Yep. Um, the vacancy tax and the speculation tax, which are two separate taxes again. So that's three new taxes. Are they? Yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> the, what they're calling school tax was introduced. Mm -hmm. um, it's supposed to roll out in 2019. I don't actually believe it has been done yet, but I'm assuming for- there, There's a lot of kickback on it. Actually. 2020 assessments this will be a part of at this stage, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Um, and then the stress test, of course, which is brought in on the lending side of things. And in a nutshell, you will have to pre-qualify for 2% higher than the rate you will actually achieve. Yeah. So a lot of pressure um, added to the market. And from those changes, we're seeing a lot of hesitation. And our belief is that the hesitation has been the most detrimental thing to the market adjustment, Correct. not any one of these individual stress tests. So just an FYI, the stress test was not bought in by the NDP. That was a, a Bank of Canada. That is correct. Just so you know. You didn't need to say that now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so to Jay's point, it's not one of these things in particular because, I mean, the foreign buyers tax, there were a lot of foreign buyers obviously purchasing in Vancouver. However, if you're not a foreign buyer and you don't have an investment property or a vacant property, it, it's not really going to make that much of a difference to you. And we're at a, a really interesting point because sales are at a, a record low time right now. And I mean, May was, was a record low for 15 years. And ironically, the NDP came in to basically create an artificial um, imbalance in the market. So the market didn't take a natural turn. It, it, it was artificially adjusted by the implementation of these changes, which essentially assisted in bringing the market down to obviously where we are today. It was the trigger that was, like you're saying, artificially put in that has made people kind of pull back, uh, buyers obviously, and um, just really take a wait and see approach unless they need to make a decision. And that wait and see approach has now gone on for over a year, which is been why sales have been at lows. Yeah, so I mean, the NDP overall, um, love them or hate them, their agenda is more to favor non-homeowners and the idea and part of their promise is to make housing more affordable in Vancouver, obviously, so more non-homeowners can then therefore become homeowners. Again, it's not right or wrong, that's just their agenda and what they went for. 
So we're in an ironic position because those prices have come down. So, I mean, if, if you look at it as have they done a good job in bringing prices down? Yeah. Prices well, they haven't have only slowed down. the market, they've turned it around. Yeah, so uh, obviously there's a, there's a bigger, bigger story behind that, but ironically, prices have corrected. They've come down. If you've been watching our last videos, you would have seen by how much. And interest rates remain at all-time lows. However, they've we're, also come down in the last year. Yeah, however, we're at record low amounts of sales. So, I mean, you've brought prices down, which people have been waiting for in Vancouver for what feels like years now, yet we're still at record lows. It's kind of an odd paradox to, to be in, really. Yeah, and I, again, believe that that's signs of people simply sitting on the sidelines and watching and seeing where it goes. When the market's climbing so quickly, everyone's jumping to get in because they think it's going to be more expensive tomorrow. As you're saying, ironically, now that it's getting, let's say, cheaper by the day, people are not jumping in because they assume it's going to be cheaper tomorrow. So. We don't know what direction this is going to go and for how long, obviously, at this stage. We can only analyze month by month as we do. And I think it'll be interesting to see uh, where it goes, of course. But I think we're going to see this common sitting on the sidelines and watching and waiting until we see, let's say, a clear bottom and it come up a few mm -hmm. points before people say, okay, now let's jump in. I feel like it's back on that upward trend. Yeah, so it's the age old question, when is bottom bottom, when is top top? Bottom bottom, I'm not, I'm not North American, I do not say bottom. When is the bottom bottom, when is the top top? So there's a few interesting things coming up, um, I wanna say globally and also nationally over, uh, well, within the next couple of months or the next few months over the next few years which are gonna make quite a bit of a difference. So. If you look at Canada as a whole, just not, not just BC, you'll see that obviously the, the housing market has gone through a bit of a bit of a tough time across the board. So it's not just Vancouver. Uh, if you look at that politically, a lot of the other provinces have, have dropped their current government and gone for conservative. Uh, in a lot of places who weren't previously conservative at all have even gone conservative. And obviously with our federal election coming up uh, at the end of October, it will be interesting to see if the country opts to go conservative. Conservative trip. Oh, wow. Wow. Could make a sarcastic comment, but I won't. Um, conservatives traditionally favor homeowners, so that could see a bit of a change. Now, obviously, even if they get into power, it's gonna take a bit of time before any changes even come into effect and are implemented and there's a knock-on effect. It's not an instant change. Uh, our provincial elections are, of course, not until 2021. So we still have a number of years left with our current government. So seeing a localized change is not likely to, to take place. However, fun fact for you, since uh, for the 2018 to 2019 fiscal year, at the end of Q2 all combined, the government have lost out in about 400 million worth of property taxes. Probably because, transfer tax. Yeah, a property yeah. transfer tax because of the downturn in the market. So is there going to be some incentives to recoup that lost funding? Of course, time will tell him. You would, you would think so. Um, and then on the other side, across the border, we've got the talk of recession. What is it? 25 to 30% chance, 25 to 35% chance, as reported by um, U.S. Business Insurance. 
and uh, the reinsurance market in uh, in the states who obviously look look after reinsurance of the financial sector. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate? I just think it'll be interesting. We know what happened in 08 when things hit the wall in the US and next time it happens, it'll be interesting to see how insulated we actually are. Because last time, and people will remember, uh, it was about a nine month adjustment until it uh, recorrected back and kept on its journey until uh, fundamentally this, this past 2018. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're not economists, so we're not gonna put our spin on whether we think that's gonna happen or not. But so it's one of those things that's out there lingering that could adjust things. What do you think? Yeah. So and a lot of people are out there thinking maybe it's gonna come, maybe the recession is gonna come. So I'm gonna wait. And there are, I'm sure. Again, those people on the sidelines. I know we talked to a lot of people uh, before the NDP got in who were saying. Uh, the very common statement, the last time the NDP got in, look what happened to the economy. Uh, I assume this is going to happen again. I'm going to sell now and watch it soften uh, because that's what they do. That has to this degree come true, of course. So everyone can play the card that they want in um, trying to pick the tops and bottoms, but there's a few different cards on the table now. Are those cards going to get adjusted um, with new governments or not? Mm -hmm. Uh, provincial or federal, that will be kind of the next big. Yeah, so I mean the question mark. I guess the moral of the story here is, whatever happens, is going to take some time. So even if, let's say, the complete opposite happens and conservatives get into power, and to what we're currently used to, then that's going to take some time for them to get into power, then to go through the implementation process for it to actually have an effect on our market. Kind of like Jay said, the recession as well, let's say the recession does happen and that 25 to 35% is a percentage on going into recession by the end of 2020. Okay. So by the time that actually happens and it has the impact on our economy, again, that's gonna be time. And then of course we haven't got our provincial elections for another three years, so that obviously itself is in time. So we're seeing a bit more of a balance in terms of prices and in terms of sale, uh, like length on market and sales right now. So we think it's personally gonna hang on kind of like a steadier line. Prices may fluctuate a little bit like that. Just wanted to worm across the thing right there. Amazing. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and so it's gonna stay relatively similar, relatively close in terms of pricing. There's not gonna be any jumps up or not any jumps down, maybe some slight variations. Uh, we're not, in our opinion, going to see any drastic changes in the near foreseeable future. And that pretty much sums it up. I yeah, I think those are the biggest catalysts at this point that we can see making a change. Everyone can have their guess on what way that's going to go. And like Ben said, things are pretty much at buoyant now, it seems. But again, month to month, we'll, we'll reassess on that. And yeah, love to know what you guys think. What do you think?